Rain finally arrives across some parts of Australia, but can it bring relief to the burnt landscape? The heat will build again, so we could see temperatures getting up to at least 40 degrees again across the worst affected areas of New South Wales. As British farmers meet in Oxford, climate change is high on the agenda. The extremely wet weather that we experienced in 2019 has brought it painfully home that the climatic changes are happening much, much quicker than anyone expected. And for the UK, more strong winds and wet weather on its way. Saturday sees an active weather front sitting across Western Scotland, bringing heavy rain here for much of the day. It's Thursday, the 9th of January, and you're listening to Weathersnap from the Met Office. Hello, and a happy new year to you. I'm Claire Nazir, and this is Weathersnap, a look at the week's weather headlines brought to you direct from Met Office HQ. Australia still dominates the weather headlines as bushfires continue to devastate wildlife and communities. In the last few days, rain has made an appearance, but any relief from the searing heat and bushfires has been fleeting. So are conditions going to improve? Here's Brent Walker of the Met Office Global Guidance Unit. Conditions actually over the last couple of days have been a little bit better in terms of the spread of wildfires, but we are concerned that by the time we get to the end of this week, the heat will build again, so we could see temperatures getting up to at least 40 degrees again across the worst affected areas of New South Wales. But also, with the cold front coming through, um, that's going to increase the wind speed as well. So the conditions both in terms of heat and wind speed are probably going to become very favourable for the rapid spread of uh, existing fires once again. And I presume that's because not only do the winds become squally, they change direction. Goes in a different direction and also, I suppose, becomes less predictable in terms of people tackling the fires will have been used to it behaving in a certain way. So we're looking for calmer conditions, which means bushfires don't spread. And obviously we want some proper rain, but it's the middle of summer. Yes, unfortunately, that part of Australia, because Australia's broadly speaking, in two different climate zones. So the southern part of Australia doesn't really see any rainfall at this time of year or very little rainfall. And any rainfall that does fall either is very light or can be sometimes in the form of thunderstorms, which obviously carry the risk of lightning strikes. If we go slightly further north now to Indonesia, they've had some horrific flooding from New Year's Eve onwards. Yes, I mean, conditions have been exceptional there. Had some exceptionally heavy rainfall. In fact, records have been broken for that particular area. There was 377 millimetres in just one day around the New Year period, mm. uh, which is exceptional, even for that very wet country. And that's all down to a few factors from the ITCZ to mm-hmm. sea surface temperatures. Can you briefly explain? Why those two factors enhance rainfall? Okay, so sea surface temperatures. So when you've got a high sea surface temperatures or warmer than normal sea surface temperatures, it means that there's more moisture available in the atmosphere to create the actual rainfall itself. So the conditions are already preconditioned really to heavy rainfall. And some violent weather forecast for the southern and southeastern states of America over the next few days. That's right, yes. I mean, um, it looks as though uh, as we go through the end of this week and into the weekend, certainly across the southern states, we could see some very severe thunderstorms, even perhaps a few tornadoes, which you would normally associate with spring and summer. But they do happen in that part of the world during the winter. Brent Walker from the Global Guidance Unit. Thank you very much. To stay up to date with the forecast in Australia, the Bureau of Meteorology website is www.bom.gov.au 
or take a look at their Twitter feed at BOM underscore AU. For the last 80 years, the UK farming community has gathered in Oxford to discuss all things agricultural. The Oxford Farming Conference, or OFC, attracts a wealth of inspiring speakers. And this year's key focus is health. Health of the land, crops, animals and the environment. Earlier, I spoke to OFC chair and farmer Matthew Naylor. We talked about the experience of UK farmers in a changing climate. We're feeling it. I mean, we're just a very dry weather that we experienced in 2018 and the extremely wet weather that we experienced in 2019 has brought it painfully home that the climatic changes are happening much, much quicker than anyone expected. Regarding the incredibly wet weather we've had since August, how has that affected farmland in your own personal experience? Because a lot of fields are still underwater. I farmed some reclaimed land in South Lincolnshire, which was reclaimed in the 1600s. And you pump it out to sea, but the sheer volume of rainfall that we experienced from June right away to unprecedented. It's been the most difficult farming year that I've had in my 25-year career. And there are people significantly older than me, exactly the same thing. So that's livelihoods, but do you think that we will see a knock-on effect in our local grocery stores? The food market, food prices, is global now. Rightly or wrongly, it doesn't seem to work that way. There's so much retail competition. It's so competitive on the high street and sales seem to a peak. People are actually buying, I think, slightly less than they, they were a year or two ago. Uh, in the 1970s, a wet year would have meant high prices. It doesn't seem to work that way anymore. And that's why the risks are so enormous to farmers, because the costs are rising, but the potential returns in adverse conditions are not. So what's the feeling uh, amongst farmers in relation to the impacts of climate change? Are they adapting? What are their concerns? There are 70,000 farmers in Britain with 70,000 different approaches. We're all limited what we can do by just the geographical constraints of where we're based. It's going to require a huge amount of change globally in all kinds of ways. Uh, And I suppose that if everybody does their bit, it will help. But it really needs leadership from international governments to set a clear, fair policy across the globe to make sure that we really get to grips with this quickly. Matthew Naylor, Chair of the Oxford Farming Conference. The Met Office UK Climate Projections Report, known as the UKCP18, predicts wetter UK winters over the next 50 years due to man-made CO2 levels rising in the atmosphere. Even in a low-emission scenario, levels are projected to rise by 19%. In the past six months, flooding has affected large swathes of agricultural land. As we previously have reported, in autumn 2019 alone, eastern England received 70% more rain than the long-term average. Over the next few weeks, we will be revisiting this story to learn more about the impacts of climate change on agriculture Now here with the UK weather outlook for the next few days and into next week, Alex Deacon.
Real contrast between Saturday and Sunday. Saturday sees an active weather front sitting across western Scotland, bringing heavy rain here for much of the day. Ahead of that, there'll be strong and gusty winds once more. Lee gusts, that's where you suddenly get some very gusty conditions to the Lee of Mountains, are likely to cause some problems again across parts of North Wales, northeast England and southeast Scotland. It does mean that with southwesterly winds, it will be quite mild on Saturday with temperatures in double digits in many areas and possibly into the teens as well. But that wet weather across the northwest will spread southwards through Northern Ireland, Northern England on Saturday afternoon and then further south on Saturday night. That wet weather is from a cold front that swings away. So Sunday is a colder day behind that cold front, but also a brighter day for many with some sunshine around but temperatures will struggle to get beyond single digits. And in the showers, which will be frequent in Western Scotland, there will be snow down to relatively low levels across Western Scotland, maybe down to uh, sea level across Shetland at times. So some wintry showers here. Otherwise, well, wintry sunshine for many on Sunday, but that chillier feel. It gets cold on Sunday night as well. Could be a frost to start the new working week. And just a heads up that next week looks very boisterous weather-wise. Deep areas of low pressure bringing further spells of wet and windy weather. Make sure you stay tuned. Keep up to date with the latest Met Office weather warnings by downloading the Met Office app, or of course you can get more by following us across social media. Thanks, Alex. Now here's Martin Bowles with last week's highs and lows. Here are your weekly extremes from Monday the 30th of December to Sunday the 5th of January. The highest max occurred on Monday the 30th of December when Bude in Cornwall reached a high of 12.6 Celsius. Reedsdale Camp in Northumberland was the coldest place with a minima of minus 6.7 Celsius during the early hours of Wednesday morning. The wettest day was Thursday the 2nd of January at Tindrum in Perth and Kinross which had 32.2 millimetres of rainfall. And finally Monday was the sunniest day, as Shubury Ness in Essex recorded a daily sunshine total of 7.1 hours. Thank you, Martin. That's it for Weathersnap. I'm Claire Nazir. This week's producer was Adrian Holloway. Join us again next time when we take a closer look at the week's weather headlines. Weathersnap is a podcast by the UK Met Office.